Hey everybody, welcome to Healthy Discourse. It's Emily and Dr. Wiggy here. And today we're gonna talk about where we have arrived in the right now with COVID and the messaging that we are hearing from the powers that be and how that's trickled down into all of our communities and what that means moving forward as we are hopefully moving out of the era of COVID. Mm -hmm. But the question is why? Because arguably there are more cases right now than there were when mask mandates were put into place in a variety in a lot of our country. And I'm certainly not saying that I think mask mandates should come back, but the questions around mm -hmm. why is all of this happening now? And these are things that as informed citizens, we should be thinking about. Yeah, I think the other thing to when we're discussing these changes that are happening happening with policy and this top-down approach, it's important to remember that it wasn't that long ago that they were pushing things so hard and then the shift suddenly happened. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't like this was a gradual change from, you know, okay, let's let's ease our way from one to the other. It was like, okay, no, this is the only way we can do it. And then all of a sudden, no, now actually that way is not the right way. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's, that's important for all of our listeners and, you know, people, we want, we want you to be thinking critically here. Should, should policy change that quickly mm -hmm. if there wasn't an issue with the original policy? Right. You know, or should it, should it have been more of a transition uh, and more of a discussion along the way about why these things are happening versus saying one day this, mm -hmm. next day that. Right. And that I think is, that should, for most people, that should be somewhat confusing. To be like, God, okay, well, I can do this now or I can do that now or this is, so, and I, I think the, the important thing with this episode is for us to just point out that this change happened so fast and we mm -hmm. don't want you to forget right what what was done not not long ago well and let's think about to the beginning i mean the 15 days to slow the spread that was the same thing we went from everything is open and we're living life as normal we're kind of watching this virus coming from china mm -hmm. to suddenly everything shut down you're stuck in your house nobody can go anywhere don't talk to your neighbor don't go near your family and and now it's kind of reversed right it's Okay, now we're everything's back to normal. And again, the question is, right? Why? Right, went from one extreme to the other. Mm -hmm. One extreme is that um, mass mandates everywhere. Now, pretty much all places are stopping that. Uh, it was about dividing us between those that chose to vaccinate versus those that did not. There was a big division. Now it's about unity. Mm -hmm. And then the the thing that I find most frustrating is that you know, really up till recently, the big push was that there is no treatment. Mm -hmm. There's no early treatment available. Mm -hmm. Now it's saying early treatment is going to be available for everybody, even without a doctor's order. Right. Right. So some of what we're referring to now is from this Tuesday evening, this past Tuesday evening's State of the Union address. And mm -hmm. just specifically going back to the first thing you said, talking about division. Mm -hmm. So I can't remember how many months ago it was, but the president told everybody in a very direct, not so kind manner that the unvaccinated are the problem. Go get vaccinated. And, you know, that the, the unvaccinated are a risk to the vaccinated. Mm -hmm. We're hearing this message over and over again, of course, with um, 
the push to vaccinate everyone, the employer mandate push, which, of course, one of them was overturned by the Supreme Court. So that kind of went away. And now on Tuesday night, the message was, we have got to come together. Everybody just needs to support one another. And we are going to get over this together. And, and you know, then moving into that whole thing. And another interesting fact is that in Washington, D.C., the day before the State of the Union, everyone was wearing masks. Mm-hmm. And the night of the State of the Union, suddenly it's fine for everyone to be in a room unmasked because it looks really good on the TV for everybody to watch. Well, this is my opinion to watch them being unmasked. And we can celebrate that we're on the way of this being over when in fact things haven't changed that, that quickly. Mm. I mean, yes, we Omicron does seem to have created a lot more herd immunity, which is something else that was supposed to not exist. Natural immunity. Mm -hmm. Right now, yeah. it's okay because there's so much natural immunity yeah, and Omicron is mild yeah. and we're going to be okay. And on top of that, right afterward, you know, they're, they were still social distancing, sitting one seat apart. But all the images, as soon as the cameras went off inside of the yeah. um, chamber, was they were all right on top of each other. So it it gets frustrating for us as citizens to be told what to do when there's the science doesn't add up to that and the people that are telling us yeah. to do it aren't living it themselves. Well, not living it fully. Right. I mean, I think we've seen so much hypocrisy, especially around like masks, you know, going back to like the Super Bowl too, mm-hmm. where there's supposed to be a mask mandate in LA, yet everyone was not wearing a mask there. Right. You know, and it was all the people that were we're saying that you have to do it. Sure. Well, and th- all those kids yeah, so I have think, to go to school. Had to. Right. It's dropped now, I think. Had to go to school the next day right. wearing a mask. Yeah, so I think the frustration is is that the, the messaging now the messaging now is actually more more in line with what we've been saying. Sure. And we've actually been saying, you know, these things all along. Mm-hmm. You know, that uh, early treatment matters. You know, that... Uh, getting through this together, that unity, we should be trying to respect other people's opinions through this. And so that's what I think that's the the challenging part is now that the narrative is shifting, it's basically going to what we've been saying all along. Mm -hmm. But it's only when it's convenient for that narrative to change, right? You know, where that this should have been all along talking about those those points. And that's where I think it is, it is frustrating is that it was basically 180 degree turn from one to the next. And almost like forgetting that they talked about all those things just like the other day. Right. This We're talking you know, about in late January. This right. was happening. Yeah. I mean, in some ways it is, you know, somewhat, you know, vindicating because it does basically mm-hmm. support everything that we've been talking about, you know, on the podcast for mm-hmm. the past couple of months. But it, like I said, it's also just as frustrating because we have been talking about these things mm-hmm. and, and, and we bring in these, these points up yet it was never really discussed from the top down. It was kind of more from the grassroots that we were talking about it. Right. And now it's coming from the top down, like almost as if it was their new idea mm-hmm. when it's something we've been talking about for, for or, so no, long. No, the, the science has changed. That's that's the thing that we're well, hearing so part, much. Part of that is is that not, that, not that the science has changed, but the science is confirming what we've been saying. Mm-hmm. And so just like you know, with the unity thing, I think that they've had to change that, that messaging because before the messaging it did not line up with, with the actual science mm-hmm. at, at all. So, you know, the big 
push for the vaccines was that this is going to slow the spread and this is going to protect other people. You know, that was the biggest push for, for, the, for, the, for the vaccine. It wasn't about personal protection. It was about protecting other people. Mm-hmm. But now we're seeing is that especially uh, after a certain number of weeks that there is no benefit for protecting other people. Right. There's no benefit as far as catching the disease. And if you catch the disease, you can spread it just as easily if you've had the vaccine or if you didn't have the vaccine. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean that you're somehow less likely to spread it if you get sick because you've had the vaccine. It, that, it doesn't work like that. So if you have the high, the same percentage of people getting sick with or without the vaccine, you have the same percentage of people that are going to be spreading it. Right. So that's where I think that change has been. And again, and that's where it's it's somewhat again frustrating is that we've been saying we, we have to we have to wait and see what what happens with this. You know, right. We have to wait and see how effective this really is because and again that's going back to how effective was this supposed to be considered? It's supposed to be considered ninety five percent effective. Right. Well, and here's two other things that have happened in the last week. Number one, Pfizer had to dump a lot of data. Mm-hmm. I have not sifted through all that myself because we've had a very busy week yeah. tackling other things. However, I have heard that there is data in there about in significant increases in miscarriages, which mm-hmm. we've been told all along that's not a thing, even though these vaccines were not studied in pregnant women. On top of that, I just want to read this came out this week that the Pfizer COVID vaccine in five to 11 year olds, which of course that's been our most recent push, the vaccine's efficacy against infection among children, among children ages five to 11 declined to 12% at the end of January from 68% in mid-December compared to kids who did not get vaccinated. So, um, and the kids ages 12 to 17, which are getting a different dose of the vaccine, that has fallen to right at 50% as well. And this is, of course, not including um, some of the other data that would would show the negative efficacy, mm-hmm. which seems to be increasing as well. So this is coming from Pfizer and is on Yahoo News. And Yeah, no, so, <laughs> well, I think that. And and that will continue to decline, I think, over time. Is that, and we've seen that the farther out you get, the less less efficacious. That's why there's such a push for, for boosters. But the the main point that I think everyone needs to understand, is that, the vaccine, and this is this is where we're seeing that over time it loses its um, efficacy. But the vaccine, does provide some short term protection for yourself personally. Mm-hmm. Again, how long does that protection last? That's that's debatable. And for people that really have such a low risk from the disease, like kids, again, there's there's such a small change in in any sort of outcomes that it, it doesn't make sense to even right. be pushing that. But 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 regardless of the fact, if there is some some potential personal benefit from it, the important thing is that there the biggest push from the mainstream media and all these other agencies and uh, Fauci and everyone else is that. It protects other people, mm-hmm. and that that has been blown out of the water. Mm-hmm. That it doesn't. Right. It doesn't provide protection for other people. So you, and, and unfortunately, people still have that misconception. Well, let's think about from the beginning. So we had number one, masks were supposed to protect you first mm-hmm. at first. Then we wear our masks to protect other people. Then we get vaccinated to protect ourselves. Then we get vaccinated to protect other people. And now we're back to, 
if you're at high risk, wear a fitted sealed N95 to protect yourself. And that's the best thing you can do. And your vaccine is going to protect you and you don't have to worry about other people. Right. So it's coming back. Right. It's coming back to the personal. But it's all of this has done a full 180 and it is so confusing. And it's no wonder that I'm hearing that now that mask mandates are dropped, especially in middle and high schools, kids are confused. They don't know what to do. They're wearing them because they're afraid not to. There's so yeah. much fear and anxiety and around living life is normal. And it's just like, how can we not see from a public health position that this was what was going to happen? Well, yeah, you, you would think that you could have some anticipation for what's for what's going to happen. Yeah. And that's why I think it's important for us to talk about on this podcast is that the, 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 the messaging has changed, has changed drastically. Mm-hmm. And... Part of it is not necessarily because the science has changed, but because they're actually accepting the science now. Right, right. They're but the question is, what we've been saying. the question is, why now? Well, yeah. That well, should be the question. Right. Is why now? Well, arguably, I think we can say from a political standpoint that it is looking right now like the conservative candidates are going to sweep the midterm elections, and there have been plenty of um, indications that messaging experts on all sides are beginning to say, you've got to shift this. Mm-hmm. And we are clearly seeing that happen before our eyes. Yeah. And to me, it looks like COVID theater because I just don't understand how we can shift that quickly and expect the American people to not see what's going on but we also have very short-term memories and i think it's important as we do go into the midterm elections and not to politicize but we cannot forget who put who made what decisions and Mm. put us in the place that we were and then also has gotten us to where we are now and and making those steps to make sure that we don't go back to that that we can't be shut down that we can't be manipulated yeah. in every areas of our, our area of our lives and, and just to be cognizant of that but let's shift sorry what were you gonna say well i was gonna say I, I just think the biggest point is this is the first time that policy has been put in place with the idea of an individual having to do something to protect other people mm-hmm. which again was based on 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 false information basically mm-hmm. and that I think is going to continue to be pushed in one way or another. Right, is that you need to take responsibility for them, mm-hmm. and I think that's where it's it's you have to keep that mindset. Is that is this for me or is this for for somebody or is this for somebody else? And right, and you have to think about what what is the what is the motivation mm-hmm. behind that? Because you know I I think the good news is you know COVID really is declining right uh, rapidly, and so the cases are decreasing. The severity definitely is also much easier right than delta delta was a tough thing tough sure. thing to treat omicron much easier to treat so i think there is also some valid reasons for us to be shifting as far as what we're what we're recommending mm-hmm. but it's just it just highlights that what was pushed to again to protect other people was just was really a, a sense of control mm-hmm. more than more than actually it being protective for other people. Right. Well, was it effective? The answer is no. no. People still caught Delta. Still, People still caught all of it. We had 
significant deaths, which of course that's another thing they're doing now. We're going to go back and reevaluate these deaths and see who mm-hmm. died with COVID versus who died from COVID. Right. Even some of our most arguably liter- liberal states and cities are doing that. And I'm guessing it's because they want everything to look better going out. So it's remember, I don't really know what, why, what the motivation mm-hmm. is, but it's interesting. So let's talk in our last few minutes about early treatment. Yeah. So what else, the other thing that happened the other night, um, is that we were told by the president that now when you, they, they are working toward having early treatment antivirals available to everyone and that you can in fact go to a pharmacy and with a positive test that pharmacist can hand you this uh, Paxlovid, which is an antiviral that was created by none other, other than Pfizer during uh, this, you know, of course, there's no early treatment and antivirals don't work until we have new mm-hmm. antivirals and now they work. Okay. Mm-hmm. So this is emergency use authorized. Okay. So this is not FDA approved as are some of the other antivirals we've been using all along. Um, and the, the total trials were 2,224 symptomatic adults. So that's what these antivirals are based on. The cost is $700 plus. I'm guessing insurance is maybe not covering it. I'm not positive about that. And this is coming from some of our pharmacist friends. There is um, a half page of um, drug interactions here, as well as a few contraindications. So, um, Wiggy, would you compare this drug to some of our other antivirals that are FDA approved that we've been using? Yeah, of course. So I don't want to keep using the same word too many times, but it's definitely frustrating <laughs> uh, to see this big push for early treatment. Right. Because over the past two years, we've been talking about early treatment, early treatment. You got to get them treated early. And we've seen fantastic results with that. Mm-hmm. And so we know that early treatment works. Right. We've known all along and we've, we've had the results to back it up that all, right. all of our patients have done really well with, with early treatment. And now that there is this new patented medication available now early treatment is being being emphasized Mm -hmm. and i just think that i just think that that is so backwards when there were there's other medications that we've been using that work really well and that has been only negatively Mm -hmm. um pushed and negatively uh, attacked right uh, in so many ways uh so the the comparison here is between you know paxlovid and ivermectin Mm -hmm. And the, the you can break down the comparison in lots of different ways. But one of the easiest comparisons is look at the number of studies. Mm-hmm. So Paxlovid, uh, there's really two studies right. on Paxlovid. And one of the studies is from Pfizer. Mm-hmm. You know, and so you kind of have to take, take that with a grain of salt when it's done by the manufacturer. Right. Now, there is some evidence that Paxlovid does help with decreasing hospitalizations and death. So those two studies do show that there's some benefit. Right. So we can't say that there's no evidence for, for any help, but two studies. Yeah. That's all there is. Two studies in 2,224 people. Right. So not, not, not a large sampling of people. Mm-hmm. Yet this medication got approved for emergency use to use and to use it without even doctor's order. Right. That's what I also think is kind of crazy. You're getting this medication that does have side effects. Mm-hmm. There are some contraindications. There are some individual uh, risk factors that you have to take into consideration with right. this medication. Yet, if you get a positive test from a pharmacy, you can go and get the medication started right away. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that should make you at least start scratching your head a little bit. Why is that going to be so easily accessible? Right. Versus... And there, there are the side effects, which I didn't mention, are some of them are just kind of your general side effects with a lot of medications. But 
liver problems, which seem to be, you know, there's a couple articles we read that seem like those can be serious and also high blood pressure, mm. which a lot of people already struggle with anyway. Right. So those I'd say are the two most concerning. Right. So, so, but yeah, two studies, mm -hmm. small number of people approved to be used for COVID approved or being now being reckon, recommended to be given out with a positive test without actually a doctor overseeing that. Right. I think that's, and that's kind of crazy, right. actually. Now, compare that to ivermectin. Mm -hmm. So that's the other early treatment that we've been talking about for a long time now. Ivermectin, does it have more than two studies? Yeah, a lot more. Mm -hmm. Yeah, last time I checked, and you can you can I pull it up too, but it's c19early.com, mm -hmm. some kind of lists all the most recent studies here. I believe there's 151 studies now on, uh, on ivermectin. Uh, 80, some of them have been peer-reviewed. Uh, with, I believe, 33 Here. randomized controlled trials. Is I can that tell right? You this. I, and actually, I should share this website because, uh, what is it? What is it? C19early.com. C19 C19 really helpful. Study All the studies on everything. So 81 study. This is ivermectin for COVID. Right. 81 studies from 782 scientists, 128,840 patients in 27 countries. Okay. That's what we got. So, yeah. So big numbers. Lots of studies. Lots of studies showing significant benefit, yet this medication is still being uh, vilified. Pharmacists are still refusing to fill a doctor's order of this, mm -hmm. yet they are going to be, be handing out the Paxlovid like candy, basically. Mm -hmm. You get this positive test, we're going give to give you this medication. So on, on, you know, just on the pure numbers, ivermectin has so much more data. Mm -hmm. That is that is that is helpful, and the 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 kind of overall uh, benefit appears fairly similar as far as like decreasing hospitalizations right. in, in multiple uh, in multiple studies. So the benefit appears pretty similar. Uh, the other thing is, you know, the protease inhibitor like Paxlovid that is those are known to cause more side effects. Mm -hmm. I mean, those those are not necessarily super easy and and. Uh, gentle medications, they, they tend to have a little more side effects and they tend to have more contraindications with it. Right. You know, you have to be careful with uh, people with any sort of kidney dysfunction. Mm -hmm. You have to watch out for liver enzyme uh, changes or, mm -hmm. or liver irritation. Mm -hmm. So there are, there are some, some side effects uh, with that medication. And there's side effects with all medications. But also comparing that to ivermectin, ivermectin is a super safe medication. Right. You know, it's, it's, again, it's made out to be super dangerous in the mainstream media. But it's a very safe medication. Mm -hmm. If you're looking at this compared to over-the-counter medications like Tylenol and aspirin, it's safer than those. Right. So it's it's so again on comparing the two, it's much more robust data for ivermectin. Right. I believe it is a much safer medication, and we also have a lot more data just in the field. Right. Clinically. Sure. So we have a lot of doctors that have been using ivermectin for these past couple of years. And we know that, the, that it works, and we're we're reaching hundreds of thousands of people that have been treated with with the medication across the across the country. And again, we're seeing very very little side effects, and we're seeing significant improvements with hospitalizations and death. Mm -hmm. So that to me, that again, that just shows you that there has to be some sort of underlying agenda here to make these expensive medications to be the go to, and the cheap and long-term studied medications 
that have been being used over the past couple of years to be the bad guys. Well, and, and ivermectin's been being used for decades. Right. And one, arguably, I think billions of people with, um, with or millions of people with um, all of the, um, the, what do you call that? The, you know, in third world countries, it's kind of like a standard that you right. can just go pick it up from the over right, counter, so think, like Tylenol. Right. So I think we do, I mean, in, in this case, we kind of have to call people out on this because mm-hmm. this is one thing that just does not make any sense. Well, so it, if you're, I mean, I'll just, yeah, some individual, you know, or not individuals, but uh, just these uh, different people that are have access and that are going to be writing for this. You know, if you're a pharmacist and you refuse to give ivermectin for COVID, yet you're going to be willingly giving out Paxlovid, you're not doing your job. Mm-hmm. You're not following the data. You're not doing your own research. You don't see how there's such a big discrepancy between the two. Right. Now, if you want to give both out, then that's that's a different discussion. But if you're going to, if you're willing to give out a medication with much less data, potentially more side effects, without a doctor's order, then you're you're on the wrong side here. Yeah. The other thing is with doctors, if you're willing to write these medication or these prescriptions for for Paxlovid or uh, the other one, mm-hmm. yet you're not willing to write for ivermectin, you're not doing your job. Right. You're not doing your own research. You're not seeing how much of a discrepancy there is between the, the data and the safety profile. And so I think it's going to, you have to be, you have to be somewhat blind to not see how, how wrong this is. And manipulated. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think once again, the question is why now? Yeah. Why now are we going to focus on this? Well, the, we have new drugs, emergency use author, authorization. They're expensive. There's lots of money to be made, mm. if you ask me. And also, with all these emergency use authorizations, let's not forget that if we had indicated that existing medications worked in decreasing symptoms and um, you know providing early treatment, then we couldn't have had all these emergency use authorizations. So... We just have to keep thinking about the why, the why now, and what can we learn moving forward so we can all be better prepared next time, which we don't like to be conspiracy theorists, but unfortunately, I think there will be a next time. So anyway, food for thought, just a little bit of where our minds and brains have been lately, and um, would love to hear your comments as well as how, as far as how you're feeling about where where things have been and where we're going. Um, so leave us a comment. If you haven't already, please follow our podcast. Leave us a review on whatever platform you listen on and make sure you share this with a friend. We'll catch up with you next time.